This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host and daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. These shows are brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation. We want to remind you that every Thursday at 9 o'clock California time and 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, we post a new show on the Open to Hope site. So we hope that you'll join us and listen in, and hopefully also you'll join us on Facebook. Well, good morning, Heidi. Good morning, Mom. Morning in California anyway. What, 1 o'clock your time? Yep. Well, uh, one in the afternoon. Yeah, um, we are winding up the end of the summer, um, August nineteenth. Some people are getting ready to go back to school, right? Yeah, a lot of people on the West Coast go back at the end of August. Here in New York, we go back around September seventh. But uh, yeah, it is the it is approaching the end of summer. Yeah, for some people, they're looking forward to getting back into a routine and getting kids back into school or whatever. And and for some people, I think this might be a tough time of year because the summer is winding down, and they may have had some support from family or friends or you know who knows what that um, they won't have when they um, when the summer ends. You know, maybe staying at grandpa and grandma's house or or whatever for the summer. Who knows? But anyway, it's a well, change. absolutely, Mom. I was going to say, in the summer, you know, you don't have a schedule and a routine. And sometimes, for some people, when you're grieving, it's nice not to have to get your kids up and ready and out the door. And then for other people, they say that was a good thing they have to get up because it, it forces them to get out of bed. So it's kind of got two sides to it. And, you know, it, it can be hard. and it kind of gets us into that thing that everybody grieves differently, doesn't it? Definitely. We're all on our own journey, and we all do it our own way. Absolutely. Well, Heidi, we've got a a great guest today, and we met him at ADAC, the Association of Death Educators. Uh, What a great organization it is, and uh, great people that we met while we were at that conference. In fact, we've got a lot of uh, YouTubes from that conference, don't we? Uh, Yeah, we have over 75, and they're posted on our site, and they're also posted on the Open to Hope Foundation Facebook page. So you can access them by either going to opentohope.com or becoming a friend of ours on Facebook and seeing them on our page. Well, I think we were presenting when Reverend Robert Phillips uh, did his uh, program at ADAC, and and I was very interested in it when I looked through the program and saw that he had talked about um, Psalms and the Hebrew uh, Bible and uh, talked about his journey and how uh, he used the Psalms and the Hebrew Bible to deal with it in his grief experience. So, um, Robert, we're looking forward to hearing about what you talked about at ADAC and, and your take on how we can deal with our own personal losses. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's truly an exciting thing to be here with you this afternoon. I was very excited to come to ADEC and to speak and to to share some of my experiences as far as grief was concerned in my life, as well as to share some of the resources or the vehicles that I've used to kind of enable for my own healing. And as far as my own little personal story, for about a 10-year period, it seemed like every other year, I was losing members in my family. I come from a very small family. Both of my parents are only children, and I only have one brother. So we're very, very small. And as I said, year about every two years or so, one of my grandparents was dying. And towards the end of the 1990s, my, our family pet even died, Basil. Right. And that was a significant loss. 
for us because mm-hmm. he had been around during some very, some very special times in our lives. And then, two years after that, I was diagnosed as having a herniated disc. And so my whole physical agility was lost as well. And so it was just a series of, of, these, of these great losses. And one of the things that I found myself doing was trying to find, trying to find different and creative ways to express, to express within the context of my faith what I was feeling. Because oftentimes, to give the narrative, to tell the story, if you will, it's just not enough. And so I found, I found that symbols and images and metaphors and similes were really more effective in actually getting my point across within the context of my faith and in talking to God. Now, so I, I really wanted to ask you one question about your physical sure. health. Do you, and I think it sometimes happens, do you think that, that these, all these events kind of led up to, to physical issues? Because one of the things we tell folks is make sure you work out, exercise, drink water, or whatever, because grief is hard on the body, isn't it? Yes. It truly, it truly is, and I think that it, it, it did exacerbate the situation. I must add to it that in addition to all of that, the, the job that I had during those years, I was traveling a great deal. So I was carrying my PC on my shoulder. I was lugging around luggage and suitcases, et cetera, and so that wasn't helping. I think that kind of started it off. But uh, Were you a chaplain then? No, I was, a, I, I was doing software consulting for about 20 years with Texas Instruments. Oh my gosh, wow. and, and now you're with Vitalis Innovative Hospice Care in Washington, D.C. What a, what a change, and you are... And, and you're a chaplain. I'm, I'm the bereavement manager and chaplain for Vitas Innovative Hospice Care, and we're, the program that I, for which I work is the one in Washington, D.C. We're throughout the, we're throughout the, the country, and we have 42 different hospice programs in 16 different states. Well, one of the things that I found absolutely amazing when I was talking to you about this before is the aftercare you're giving. How long is that? Right. The aftercare, we keep in touch with, with, our, with our patients, families, and caregivers for up to 15 months. And what happens is that they initially receive a, a, a letter, a phone call, some sort of contact from me and, and within the first week or so of, of, the, of the patient's death. And then at the third, sixth, and the ninth month, they receive a newsletter from me that kind of details some of the potential emotional responses that they may be experiencing at that point in time. Then after 12 months, they receive a letter from me just um, acknowledging the anniversary of the death of their loved one. And then at the 15th month, they actually receive a letter from our volunteer services manager inviting them to come on board to be a volunteer with us. So that's kind of the sequence of events. (laughs) That's a, a nice giving back idea, isn't it, Heidi? Oh, it's fabulous. Yeah. Well, now, I, you know, being a minister, and, and I want to get into some of the ways that you've dealt with um, your loss, but w- what do I do? I'm angry at God. You're a minister. Uh, I question, is there a God? What's your, what's your thought about that? How can I, how do we deal with this? Well, oftentimes, I think that when, I, when I've been, when that question has been raised to me, one of my my responses is there really is no answer for that. There's no real detailed answer to that. Sometimes God's presence is only in the questions that we ask, and that's as far as it goes, because the grief, the loss, the bereavement can be so intense and so 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 deep that that's all we can do is to just is to just include God in the question itself. 
But I do think that there are some very real responses to that if we kind of reframe that question and asking, well, how can my faith provide healing for my grief? And in doing that, I think that our faith can, can enable us to articulate our feelings or emotions to that sacred authority of your faith, who, to whomever, whatever entity, divine entity that might be, that you find in that authoritative position, asking, railing, being enraged with God, pushing the envelope all the way across, across the table. And truth be told, that's, the, that's the, very, the very thing that the Israelites from antiquity did a whole lot of the times, as was expressed in the Lament Psalms in the Hebrew Bible. So it's okay so, so if I'm angry. Go ahead, Heidi. What that, that's say? what I'm wondering, Mom. So I'm thinking, okay, so if we're completely enraged and angry at God, how do we get to a place, like my mom said, it sounds like it's okay, how do we get to a place of peace with God, of making peace? One of the first steps, I think, is, is to be able, is, is feeling free and liberating yourself and actually going there with God and understanding or really believing that God can handle this. God can okay. handle my rage. God can handle my anger. So that's the first thing that has to happen. And truth be told, in the midst of just getting that out initially, that's the beginning, I believe, of the healing that can occur. Well, who can I do it with? I mean, how can I do that? Do I write letters? Do I find it, try to find a minister that can hear it or a pastor or, or you know, most people don't want to hear me saying, I hate God, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> that, that can be a bit disconcerting, depending upon the, 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 the group in which you find yourself. But one of the things that, I, that I've offered, as I did at the ADEC conference, was to give people an opportunity to go through an exercise with me that enables them to craft their own personal lament psalm. And on the surface, as far as from a schematic perspective, it's, it's rather easy. It's rather easy in that there are five components of the lament psalm, the first one being the address. What would you say to God if you were in, in the midst of your grief and you're in your quote-unquote private prayer closet and God comes up behind you and taps you on the shoulder? What would be the first thing out of your mouth? That's the address component. Then you get to the complaint component. And in the complaint, you try to paint this picture. You paint a picture, once again, with these images, with these metaphors, with these symbols that will enable a person that has not experienced the same type of grief that you've experienced to kind of connect with you on an emotional level. The third component is the petition. What do you want from God, if anything at all? Sometimes we don't want to be bothered with God because we feel as though God is the source of the problem. But what is, the, what is it that you might want from God? And the what if I want my, my sibling back or my child back? I think that's, I mean, I, I would think if you're going through, the first thing would be that they would say to God is, how could you have taken my child? How could you have taken my brother or sister? And then right. what they want is the person back. What would the address? Right. What would the address be of that? Um, it sounds like the complaint is, "How could you have taken them?" What would the address be? The complaint. Let me let me flip back if I could to the complaint. The complaint is really like, a, like I said, it's like a picture. Like this is what I'm feeling like. Okay. This is this is what's okay. what's going okay. on within me. And the address, once again, that's the first thing out of your mouth. Off. It's very short. It's very it's very emotionally packed. For example, let me just give you one quick example from Psalm 13. It's known as the howling 
Psalm, H-O-W-L-I-N-G, Howling Psalm, because it repeats how long over and over. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Then the psalmist gets to a point where they are, it's the, the petition, what do you want from God? And the psalmist continues, consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have prevailed. My foes will rejoice because I am shaken. Then the psalmist moves into the fourth component of the confession of trust, trying to reflect upon a time in the past in which God has come through. And the psalmist states, but I trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. And then the last component, the vow to praise, even though deliverance has not occurred, the psalmist still steps up to the plate and praises God in saying, I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Oh, wow. Okay, now, I love it. I love the whole thing. Do you know what that sounds to me like? It sounds to me like my 25-year-long uh, journey. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and and I think I've gotten to the vow to praise, but it's taken me 25 years to get there. You know, uh, are you, you know, it, it seems like a long process to me. I, I love the components. What's your thought on it, Heidi? Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems, sounds like a journey. I, I don't know if that's a bad thing. Um, we're all doing it at a different rate. I mean, is there a way, I guess, to move through it quicker? I, I don't know. Or slower, I don't know, maybe some people, you know, skip some of the steps, too, you know, and don't. It's a pretty intense experience, isn't it? It's a very intense experience, and I think that the point that you just raised is very, very key, and that is, while those, those five components do, do exist within the, the Lament Psalm, throughout the Psalter, throughout the Book of Psalms, when I look at the Lament Psalms, not all of the Lament Psalms have each one of those components. Some of those lament, some of the lament psalms just go from the address to the complaint, period. Uh-huh. Because mm-hmm. again, your grief can be so overwhelming. It and grief, mm-hmm. as we know, is it's really a sinusoidal type of experience. It's not going to be a linear thing. So on one day, your personal lament psalm may actually include all five of the components: going through the confession of trust and the vow to praise. Another day, you may be having a hard time with this for whatever reason, and all you can get to is the address and the complaint. Lord, here I am. What's going on? And that's not a question. That's an exclamation point. Well, you know what? What I like in the address is you may not get past the howling. Yes. You know, how long, how long, how long. That really resonates with me, that first, because a lot of our folks are newly bereaved, and wow. You know, that address stage is, is really... And, and why me? Yeah, where would why, why me, me come in? Would that come under the complaint or the address? It could be in both, really. It, it would probably fit more so within the address complaint. And here again, any time that you, that you see something that may, they may feel, that may look like a question, more often than not, if it's in the lament psalm, it's punctuated with an exclamation point. How long? Exclamation point. Because the truth of the matter is, a part of the truth of the matter is that even if one were given a response that, like, it's going to be three more days that you'll have to go through that, that would not address the immediate pain that you're experiencing. Now, okay, so here I am. I'm newly bereaved. My spouse died. My sibling died. Or, you know, my child died. Or my friend died. Or whatever. Okay, I hear this guy 
Reverend Robert Phillips. I really like what he's saying. I just heard him on 20 Minutes on your show. What should I do now? Where should I go? Has he written anything on it? Where do I start, Robert? I think one of the places to start, you're more than welcome, of course, to email me. Okay, give us and your email. My email address is robert.phillips, my name, robert.phillips, at vitas, V as in Victor, I-T-A-S, dot com. And it's P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S. Correct. At vitas.com. And I would love to further engage you in, in, in conversation. Again, every, everyone's personal lament psalm is truly that. It's their personal lament psalm as far as what they have gone through and what they're experiencing at that time. Now, where, so I'm yeah. more than happy. Where, um, where can I find this lament psalm? The, the lament psalms are, like I said, they're the largest category within the Hebrew Bible of, of the different types of psalms. And so just to give a few examples of them, Psalm 13, Psalm 28, 51, 69, 74, that's just a handful of them that are very popular. Wow. Well, Robert, thank you so much for being on the show. This is really very engaging, interesting information. And what I'm hoping, Heidi, is that Robert will write a little something for us that we can put on our website about this, because I I think it's, it's really quite wonderful. I agree. I love it. I love that Robert is a chaplain, but he's, he's not trying to reprimand or judge people that are angry with God. He's meeting with them where they are and showing them how to work through and how to go through this journey. Thank you. Yes, I, I truly, it's not about judgment at, at all, at all. And mm-hmm. I do, I, I, I am excited about the opportunity to put something out there on your website in writing this up as well. Great. Well, we're, get, we're going to work on uh, having you do that. And thank you so much for being on the show. It was wonderful to meet you at ADAC. And we're going to look forward to seeing you at, in Florida uh, at the ADAC conference in the fall. Wonderful. I look forward to it as well. Thank you. Thanks, Robert. Well, Heidi, it's been a really interesting show. Robert is really an amazingly interesting person, and, and I, this is new information. This is, uh, I, I, I think it's fascinating. What is your thought on it? I totally agree with you, and I love Robert's energy, and he's so empathic. I mean, what a great person to work with hospice. And we're going we're gonna to follow up on this and, and get some more information for you folks on it. And we hope that you'll uh, listen to our shows. Um, you, they, remember that they are all archived on our website. And we have over 500 shows that are archived there at the Open to Hope Foundation. We've cut uh, the commercials out. They're all commercial-free. They're very accessible. And also you hear our new show every Thursday at 9 o'clock Pacific Standard Time and 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. And uh, please stay tuned for more next week. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, Others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.